Hey guys, Genevieve here. So the confluence of the Sundance Film Festival and cold and flu season hitting Chicago pretty hard last week means that my next picture show cohorts and I were unable to record the episode we originally had planned for this week. We're back at full strength now and we'll be recording that show very soon, but we didn't want to deprive you of your bi-weekly next picture show fix. So in place of our regularly scheduled episode, we're sharing a recording of our recent live episode recorded at Steppenwolf Theater as part of the Chicago Podcast Festival last November. As a little thematic bonus, this live episode is actually the origin of the movie pairing that we'll be covering in our upcoming postponed episodes. For the live show, we each brought a potential movie pairing that we'd like to do for a future episode. And, spoiler alert, Scott's suggestion of the 2016 campaign documentary Wiener with the 1993 campaign documentary The War Room prevailed. We'll bring you that discussion in two weeks' time, along with what I can only assume will be far too many Wiener jokes. If you'd like to prepare, Wiener is available on demand to Showtime subscribers and via digital rental, while The War Room is available to stream via Filmstruck or for digital rental via The Usual Suspects. In the meantime, please enjoy this live episode, and we'll be back on February 7th. All right, let's welcome the next picture show! Very difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. Believe that someone out of the past can enter and take possession of a living being. We may be through with the past, but the past is not through with us. The little front row woo there. Uh, hello and welcome, and thank you guys for coming out to the Chicago Podcast Festival. Yay, Chicago Podcast Festival. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, we are The Next Picture Show. We are a podcast that puts current release films into context by pairing them with favorite films from the past and seeing how different films with similar threads inform each other over time. I am your host of the moment, Tosh Robinson. With me live on stage in person in the flesh are Genevieve Kosky, Scott Tobias, Keith Phipps. Um, we're all veterans of the late lamented film site, The Dissolve, which we hope you all remember and love. Pour out a little water for lost, uh, lost Dissolves. And we're part of the Film Spotting Podcast Network, which brings you Film Spotting and Film Spotting SVU, which we hope you listen to. Um, normally, the way the podcast works is that we select two films and talk about them. We go into depth on the first one, and then we compare, uh, compare the two of them. And that process takes about two hours uh, in terms of what you hear and more like three and a half <laughs> in terms of what we actually record. We've only got 45 minutes with you here, so we're trying a completely different format. Um, we still want to respect the idea of finding film connections and making them entertaining, but we're trying to make it uh, move along a little quicker um, and hopefully, if we have time, uh, get the audience a little more involved. So for those of you that follow the podcast regularly, this is something like the process we use. It's just super accelerated. So this is kind of a look behind the curtain. It's a look at how the sausage is made. It's a look at how all of those bits of curtain end up in the sausage. We, we make no guarantees about what the sausage tastes like. Um, so we're going to do this in two segments. Um, for the first part, uh, we asked everybody in the panel to come up with a, a potential pairing, um, which we might use in a future podcast. We're coming up to uh, the, the horrible, lean film months of January and February, uh, where an awful lot of really terrible films come out. So uh, during that time, we figured we might talk about some, uh, some films from 2016 that we didn't manage to get to. 
So um, everybody was told they had to come up with a film that came out anytime in 2016 and pair it with a film that it whoa, was at least 20 years older. Was that the or was that just for the second? Yeah, that was just okay. Then come up with a, a plausible pairing that we could do for the podcast. Um, what we're going to do is give everybody roughly two minutes to make their case um, and then have a brief discussion about what we think about that pairing. And then we're going to let you, the audience, decide which of these pairings is the best pairing. Um, and we're going to commit to doing that in the future. Yeah. Yes. I, I hear a small amount of applause out there for democracy. <laughs> Yay, democracy. I remember democracy. Yeah, it's being trampled on everywhere else, but here at <laughs> So, um, you guys ready to get started? Sure. As I'll ever be. All right. Uh, Genevieve, you want to start? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm doing this in the wrong order, aren't That's I? Okay. Yeah. Do we care? I don't care. I'll start. All right. Rock on. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, well, my proposed pairing uh, for the 2016 movie is Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids, which is a Netflix concert documentary. And I propose we pair that with Jonathan Demme's 1983 concert film, Stop Making Sense. Um, I forgot to mention, Jonathan, or Justin Timberlake and the uh, Tennessee Kids is also directed by Jonathan Demme. So... Right there, there's there's your uh, there's your major link, but I also just think it would be a really uh, interesting to talk about because, like these two movies are separated by three decades worth of technology, both on stage and behind the camera. So, kind of seeing these two very different concert experiences uh, expressed on film, I think, would be very interesting to discuss. Um, the Talking Head, the 1983 Talking Head concert, that's the focus of Stop Making Sense. It's, it's kind of like watching a musical installation take place, like the, the thing builds and builds over the course of the film. And whereas um, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids, it's the final stop on this two-year world tour, this like well-oiled, highly choreographed concert machine which with a bunch of moving parts, but it still strives for this spontaneous party energy. Um, and they both center on charismatic frontmen um, and a large group of backing musicians and performers who are treated with almost equal consideration. Um, Timberlake actually cited uh, Stop Making Sense to Demi uh, as an influence on his own performance. Um, so then that was kind of what... Shh. <laughs> and that was kind of... We'll fix uh, it in post. Yeah. Um, so that's what brought them together to do this uh, Netflix concert documentary. Um, but when I, rec- I recommended Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids on the podcast recently, and when I did, I said that I think a concert documentary is kind of like the purest distillation of like, what a director can do with a filmmaking art, because there's no narrative or thematic material really to speak of. It's just light and sound and performance. And I think that uh, discussing two films in those contexts and also maybe talking about the music a little bit would be uh, really fun and something a little different for us. So that is my proposal. That is and a really convincing proposal. <laughs> yeah, I, and I love both of those movies. And I didn't really, you know, I mean, I, I, I like uh, the Talking Heads more than I would say uh, going in, uh, Justin Timberlake, but they're both sensational. And uh, just on a technical level, I mean, every shot is really well thought out and planned out. And it's... and. Uh, you know, and you also get the sense of what it's like to be in that audience experiencing that show. It's fantastic. I'm guessing at no point does it stop cold for Justin Timberlake's band to turn into the Tom Tom Club for one song. <laughs> uh, not ex- not exactly, but it does foreground the band. It's not as far. It's not as far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool joke, but oh. but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. Guess who hasn't seen it yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, only Scott and I have yeah. seen it. Right, no. right. 
You, you haven't seen Justin Timberlake? No, I haven't. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's great. Oh, okay, well, this is something that does come up a lot when we when we have these conversations, which, uh, having not seen the Justin Timberlake movie, do we really want to spend an hour discussing a Justin Timberlake movie? We do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've seen it. You, we, we do. There's and, a lot okay. going on. And we'd also spend an hour discussing a Talking Heads movie. Well, so, there is that. So that makes us cool again. <laughs> Well, that is our main goal in this podcast, is to be cool. Yeah. And we can bring it back to Trolls if you want to, Tasha. <laughs> I, know I know you're a fan. So. I am entirely fine with but, like, living but, that down as long as I need to. <laughs> but we would also get to talk about Jonathan Demme, who I think we all like quite yep. a bit, yep. too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, anytime you have the opportunity to look at a filmmaker over that period of time doing something relatively similar, it's just it's a really good opportunity. Um, Scott, you want to make your case? Uh, yeah. Um, so um, we had an election... <laughs> <laughs> this year, I've been thinking. I don't, I don't know if the rest of you are all political junkies like I am, but we had an election this year, and uh, so, uh, so I, uh, I, my, my pairing is uh, is uh, uh, for, for 2016 is uh, is Wiener uh, with uh, the film The War Room. Uh, Wiener is be- is a behind the scenes documentary about Anthony Wiener's comeback bid to become mayor of New York City, which was going great until the whole Carlos Danger thing (laughs) blew up. Um, uh, The War Room is a behind-the-scenes documentary about Bill Clinton's successful campaign uh, for president. Both are superb chronicles of a campaign's day-to-day operations. They have charismatic figures, and the War Room has James Carville and George Stephanopoulos, and, you know, the the Wiener has... uh, has Anthony Weiner and uh, Huma Abedin, who's just mortified and, uh, to be in the movie. Uh, but the reason I love this pairing so much is that it, it tells a complete story, and that story is the rise and fall of, of Clintonism, oh, right? Are they going to say the rise and fall of Weiner? Uh, oh, see, this, we're, see we're yeah, I mean... This is what the show will be if we do this. So we'll okay. keep that in mind. There's going to be... There'll be, some, there, there'll be a share of Weiner jokes. But if you think about it, I mean, the war room catches Bill Clinton not as the two-term establishment figure we know him to be today, but an outsider from Arkansas running an insurgent campaign as a Democrat after 12 years of Republican rule. And then Wiener is is about a guy whose recklessness not only cost him his political career, but helped end Hillary Clinton's too, uh, after James Comey suggested that there might be some pertinent emails on his laptop. So I I think it's a... I know. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, But but I think uh, uh, in total... Um, not only are the films fascinating, um, as, uh, as in, in uh, candid, you know, behind-the-scenes political documentaries, but I think there's a complete story here, too, about um, a certain movement in the Democratic Party starting and then coming to an end. So those two. That's a really interesting concept, the idea of, of telling a story with a podcast. I feel like that's something we maybe haven't it's done like enough cereal. of. <laughs> it's be like cereal. This this is how we make our first million. Yeah. Yeah. Is with wiener jokes. Yeah. Keith, what do you think? Um, okay, I, I have a, a movie I, I went into oh, with like. Wait, wait, wait. Did you oh, have any thought on Scots? Oh, uh, Scots is fine. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I would definitely do that. Um, I would definitely do that, and, and I think I, I think um, I might make me sad. No, no, it's no. No, those are two like really entertaining. They are. They're very. You know, fun. I, I They're mean, a lot of fun. James Carville is. But Wiener, Wiener made me so angry when I, I saw it like three months ago. I know. Really? Yeah. Why angry? I mean, I found it tremendously entertaining. It was Why very entertaining. It was just the the recklessness of it and, and, and the, mm-hmm. the, the idea that he probably maybe I, I don't know the, 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 his ability to self-destruct was was really frustrating it to made watch. me angry on Huma's behalf yeah that too <laughs> that, that too I mean she really 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 does not want to be in this film no. but she is yeah. <laughs> Um, is there, it, is it, there a figure like uh, analogous to her in, in the war room it's been a, a long time yeah, since may, I've seen no, it not, no not okay. really but the, you know the other um, thing about about um, 
Gotcha. I forget. I lost my train. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jump on that train, Keith. Yeah. What's your What's your argument? So about Wiener. No, okay. Uh, so uh, a film <laughs> I came into with like, with really no expectations uh, a couple months ago was called Hell or High Water, uh, which I think we've all seen and enjoyed. Um, and and um, director is David McKenzie, who's done some films I've liked and films I, I just haven't seen. I mean, it's not necessarily um, a, film, a director I have great expectations for or, or bad expectations for. And Taylor Sheridan is a writer who wrote Sicario. Um, and it's a uh, film about uh, Chris Pine and Ben Foster play two bank robbers, um, but they're very uh, low-level bank robbers looking for a very specific figure for reasons we don't find out till later in the film. Uh, Jeff Bridges plays a, a soon-to-retire Texas Ranger uh, who decides to hunt, the, hunt them down, in part because he just is looking for something to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is a very much a bank robbery movie of the moment because it's, it's, it is the, it's about wealth and equality in many ways. Uh, these are, are um, you know, your, your sympathies kind of shift back and forth between the law and the outlaws in this movie and ultimately settle with neither of them, which I think is part of what makes it so interesting. Uh, they have reasons for doing what they're doing. Uh, Bridges has character has reasons for doing what he's doing. Um, at, at various times, they're d- differently sympathetic. Uh, Bridges is a tremendously entertaining. It's it's really fun to see him shift from uh, kind of he's kind of turning into Sam Elliott's character in The Big Lebowski, <laughs> uh, or at least in this movie. Uh, and and he's like this. He has uh, a Native American partner played by uh, Gil Bur- Birmingham, and who with whom he makes a lot of uh, un- off-color jokes that are received. Poorly, but this is someone. I mean, it's it's a very nice bit of commentary where it's like he's a charming character. He makes these 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 uh, racist jokes and, and like without realizing just his the time for these is, was never appropriate. But the time has slipped far far into the past. So there's there's a number. I mean, it's it's definitely um, um, not an unpolitical movie, but it's not an overtly political movie. It's a movie you can see uh, and and. It, it, without really knowing where it comes down on different issues, especially guns. Uh, but So there's any number of, of bank robbery movies you can pair it with. I went with the obvious, which is Bonnie and Clyde, uh, which was another movie in its own way of its moment. Uh, it really resonated with the 60s counterculture. Uh, there's sort of this, this uh, you know, F the system. Uh, Scott already gave us an explicit reading, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to say F the system uh, <laughs> attitude toward it and the, the sort of fatalistic en- ending and... Uh, um, it's extremely revolutionary in the way that it brought in uh, new we- new wave techniques into into uh, Hollywood filmmaking, which was resonated for a long, long time. Uh, Hell or High Water is not that. It's a very, very good movie. It's uh, my my only thing. My only problem with it is I, I feel like it's a movie we should get like ten of a year instead of mm-hmm. one every year. That's this yeah. really smart genre movie. But I think it'd make an interesting pairing. Um, could have gone with Thieves Like Us, uh, which would have been good. And, and a movie I. What what might be even better is a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid, but uh, which is uh, going in style, uh, oh, which uh, yeah, yeah, Art, the, Art yeah. Carney and George Burns and sure. uh, Lee Strasberg as as uh, aging bank robbers, which maybe I'd like to revisit. But um, yeah, Martin yeah. Brest. So yeah. so Brest. you just dropped like four potential pairings. So you're like He's stacking the deck. I'm in going your with favor Bonnie right and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde give us most to talk about, and and, and uh, uh, it'll, it'll it's I think it's the easiest pairing. So there you go. It's also, I mean, Bonnie and Clyde was just such a a turning point for cinema. I mean, there's so much to talk about historically. And then Hell or High Water just seems like such an interesting, I mean, they're both really interesting movies about the myth of the American outlaw Mm -hmm. and kind of how we see see ourselves and how we draw our heroes. I I think it sounds like a fun pairing. What's the the period of, was Bonnie and Clyde a Great Depression era or is it a lot of laughter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think, to me, Hell or High Water is as 
is good at an evocation of the Great Recession. It's uh, about uh, economic anxiety. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what the film is. Yeah, that is the subject of the, of the film. In fact, I almost if the film has a flaw. I think it, it almost put, brings that hammer down, you know, a little too hard. But um, but uh, it's it's really good. That's a good. It's a good thing. Push it even further. I feel it's a movie that people are catching up with. A lot of people. It was unexpectedly a hit, and I think more people are going to catch up with it when it comes out on home yeah. video. And Though I feel like I should, we should be undermining each other's picks if we're going to competition. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're so, you sort of started it by kind of like, under, by sort of, uh, you know, bad-mouthing Wiener or whatever. So. We, I mean, we don't, we don't want to be Paul Ryan. We don't want to be like dis- dissing each other's uh, picks, and then whatever wins, we have to immediately turn around and say, best pick ever, we're looking forward to doing this. <laughs> So I like I, I mean all of these pairings like we vetted them with each other first. I don't think there's a single pairing here that any of us is is not eager to do. Except for don't you have the <laughs> you have, you have Oh yeah. Except for I, that's actually maybe true because this was a pairing I uh, I suggested at the time and I don't remember exactly when it was. It was nixed because uh there were other uh movies that we just had to cover, which does happen a lot. You know, we only do it every two weeks. So um but my my pick is um the Jodie Foster movie Money Monster. Uh I think I don't we've well, got our, our front oh. row fans here making the happy noises for everything and it's it's so uplifting. Um I think it was unfairly uh, unfairly dissed as a an inferior version of a network, and I think what it was instead uh, is a companion piece to Sidney Lumet's uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Both of them are New York stories. They're both about underdogs who uh, do something criminal in a desperate attempt to change something major in their lives, uh, which are falling apart. And they're both films about someone taking their criminal activity to the public and finding support there that they didn't find in their own lives. They're both about the manipulation of the public, the manipulation of image, and again, the myth of the American outlaw and how people root for the underdog. I think maybe especially in New York City when they see an opportunity for what looks like a narrative. And how they're both films about how building a narrative and building yourself as a hero um, can make people overlook so much about the, the dangerous and stupid things that you have just done. They're both... They're both action films, they're both thrillers, they're both adventure films, they're both very um, absorbing in the way that they're shot, but they're also kind of both black comedies. And I think they both represent a really good opportunity to kind of dig into the way black comedy gives us a satirical look at our own culture. Um, They're both, I think, very of-the-moment cultural films in very different eras, but in very much the same way, and I think they'd be fun to talk about. And I th- am I the only one that saw Money Monster? <laughs> yep. In America. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, n- neither of you saw it? No. Oh, so we were all making fun of Tasha and none of us had even seen it. We're yeah, jerks. Yeah. yeah. yeah all right. Jerks. Yep. Jerks. Yep. I, I feel Big like old I jerks. Said it's like the one Jodie Foster thing I haven't seen because I did that career review piece back at the. Uh, yeah. We do have a Jodie Foster movie coming up uh, in a couple weeks yeah. on the podcast. I've seen Little Man Tate. I've seen uh, Home <laughs> for the Holidays, the other films that she directed. I didn't see the one, the weird one that she did with Mel Gibson. The, the Beaver. Right. The Beaver. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think The Beaver is also a little underrated, but that movie is, it, I mean, it's so weird and it's so awkward. Uh, I think Money Monster is is the strongest film she's done since, maybe since Little Man Tate. Oh, <laughs> your enthusiasm almost has sold me, but... Nice. Well, part of the Next Picture Show is is often about advocacy. We do often try to to pick films that we're hoping more people will see. So I admit that this is more of an advocacy pick than anything else. But 
we're gonna we're gonna throw it to the audience. Um, I'm gonna hope that that this tepid response does not reflect your response, but I will understand uh, if you do, and then I will take you all hostage, like the characters in Money Monster and Dog Day Afternoon, and whip up public support. So um, we have been told that. The audiences at these shows have been very polite and reticent, possibly because you're listening to you're used to listening to us without any feedback. But we hope you're gonna like like give us give us some noise. We need to know which one of these picks we're gonna do. Um, I'm gonna read them off in order. Actually, I'm gonna remind you. We've got Heller High Water and Bonnie and Clyde, Wiener in the War Room, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids, and Stop Making Sense, and Money Monster Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, we we're gonna go through those again, and we want to hear your cheers and. Uh, it's absolutely binding. We're going to do one of these. Uh, let's hear it for Heller High Water and Bonnie and Clyde. Woo! Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Woo level is high. Uh, wiener in the War Room. Mm. People mm. love Wiener. Yeah, they do. Thank <laughs> you, but shut out there, Keith. There's going to be double entendres like crazy on the show. <laughs> Justin Timberlake and Stop Making Sense. Woo! That sounded. We might have to come back to that. All right, Money Monster and Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm I'm walking away from Advocacy. that. Uh I think we I think we need to hear it again. Uh Wiener in the War Room? <laughs> or Justin Timberlake and Stop Making Sense. <laughs> I'm hearing equal levels of woo, but the, yeah. the woos the woos for yours are higher pitched. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what, what that means. I'll I, I gotta say, the wooing sy- the system is yeah. probably got some I, flaws. I, I will, I will, <laughs> I will, I will concede system. that I think, I think your uh, your pick got a tiny bit more, but I will say that January and February last a long time. Yeah, we, we, could, we, we may, we, we may need to pull a these, second yeah. one. So I, I am a tie claiming. would be actually pretty good because <laughs> yeah. it's going to be. So uh, we're just going to keep them both in our pocket. Yeah. It's basically January is going to be like sequels to horror films that you did not like to begin <laughs> with. So, uh, the, so I think we could maybe do two. All right, so we're going with Wiener in the War Room as the as the winner, and Justin Timberlake as the almost winner, and maybe maybe uh, maybe getting it. Okay. Um, well, we'll go with that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do that in January as opposed to the other films coming out in January, including Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, and Monster Trucks. We are not pairing those two films together. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, un- wait, we've got to retool everything now. <laughs> Underworld movie coming out, too. Hmm? Isn't there an Underworld movie we should clear our calendar? There's, uh, it's like Underworld 12, yeah. The Wrath of Some More Monsters. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, that's that's where they get Frankenstein monsters into it, isn't there? Yeah. It's like we really needed another twist. All right. So for part two of this show, um, we're going to go back to our roots a little bit. Um, Anybody who remember the Dissolve podcast uh, are going to be transported back into the far distant year of 2015 (laughs) um, when you hear these sounds. (laughs) Uh, these are the barnyard buzzers. They are what we use to uh, to distinguish who Keith Phipps was skunking us all in the various trivia games that we did over the years. Um, one of our running segments was uh, on that show was some variation on a buzz-in game, um, which changed every week. We have a new one. We're calling it Twin Cinema. Uh, in this segment, we're going to take turns throwing out films, two films with something in common and then challenge each other to figure out what the commonality is. It might be something easy like a director. It might be something more complicated. Scott, what I was your example? Okay. Um, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf and Brian De Palma's Body Double. All right. Who in the audience knows? Oh, oh, oh. They don't have buzzers. Let's hear it. I buzzed in for the audience. <laughs> Disturbia, Body Double. 
Anybody? There you go. Very, very good. You got it. That is exactly window. it. We're going to hope that they're not that complicated because we're all going to sit here and pause the way you uh, just though I did. I did send out, a, I did send out an email with that sample and got two quick responses on the panel. So sure, I'm for people, for people sitting at home without, without being stared at <laughs> by the, the glaring lights of, uh, of observation. All right, so um, we're going we're gonna to rotate and we're going to see how we're doing for time. And if we have enough time, we may get you involved in this one too. The rule too. How about the rule? No, we're gonna we're gonna do a round and see how it goes. Should All we right. do the because the, the, you get a point off? Yes, yes, yes. We're we're okay. we're getting there. Right. I got an agenda. It's it's words on paper. Right. So uh, our scorekeeper is going to be our uh, our lovely production assistant. I can't see anybody, so I don't know where you are. Uh, Colin, the animal Griffith. Where are you? <laughs> there you go. That is Colin. <laughs> Those of you that listen to the podcast would not have the podcast without him. Those of you who don't listen to the podcast, we appreciate that you stayed here. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, he is going to be scoring for us. The uh, Dissolve Podcast Scott Tobias rule is in effect. A wrong answer gets you a point off. Uh, although I'm going to call an audible and suggest that if that wrong answer is correct, uh, you shouldn't get a point off. If it's just not the one that the person had in uh, mind. Yeah, but uh, some of these. All right. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, go, we'll play it by ear. Let's see how it goes. Genevieve, you're up. Oh, okay. So my first is uh, My Fair Lady and She's All That. They're both based on Pygmalion. Keith, oh. point. Oh. <laughs> All right, nice. All right, Reservoir Dogs and Blue Velvet. <laughs> they, they both involve the loss of an ear. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, <ear>. nice. <laughs> nice and horrible. Ke- Keith, this is continuing the tradition of Keith completely. <laughs> he's going to skunk us. We love him for uh, it. All right, Keith, let's hear yours. Um, all right, I've hard ones but uh, all right so uh bucket of blood and the howling <laughs> bucket Scott? of blood i should it's a fairly well-known bit of trivia if you know anything about bucket of blood <laughs> no i can't i can't right, the, yeah. they both have blood <laughs> okay <And> that's, <laughs> what, so that's what i mean so i don't get a point but i don't lose a point <laughs> no, that's true, because he, he acknowledged that that's true. I, uh, you, you could sum up what I know about Bucket of Blood by suggesting that there's probably a bucket right, and some I'll, blood I'll in expand it. it. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a bunch of things here. Bucket of Blood, The Howling, Twilight Zone, the movie, Hollywood Boulevard, and Chopping Mall. Is Joe Dante's involvement somehow? Well, yeah, but <laughs> not in all of them. <laughs> not Chopping right, Mall. Should we call it? Or, yeah. Or, right, all feature Dick Miller playing a character oh, named, right. <laughs> playing a character named Walter Paisley. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That was good. Yeah. You had, a, you, had a, you had a run of Joe Dante films, and he's in every one of those. I feel like a bad critic. Uh, I'm going to cover up my humiliation by uh, throwing one out of my own. Um, Psycho and Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Uh, like. Uh, serial killers or, or Ed, Ed, Ed Gein? That's it exactly. Yay. That is it exactly. <laughs> Genevieve gets the point. What, what was it? Both inspired by the crimes of Ed Gein. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Clever. Good. Genevieve? Oh. Um, Day of the Triffids and the Ruins. <laughs> uh, they oh. both feature evil killer plants. That's it. Right. <laughs> Good one. Got one. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, this is really easy. <laughs> uh, King, uh, King Kong and an affair to remember. <laughs> oh, 
Empire State Building. Yeah, uh-huh. Empire State oh. Building. Oh, I'm thinking this fairway. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yep, Empire State Building. All right. <laughs> Keith? Um, modern Times and Top 5. The Chris Rock film, Top 5, and the Charlie Chaplin film, Modern Times. You never saw Top 5? I've seen, I've seen them both. Huh? Scott? <laughs> I wrote this thinking Scott will get it if no one else will get it. I know, it. I know. I, I wrote every one of these thinking Keith will get it if no, no one else gets it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. Is anyone in the audience? Yeah, anybody know? Yeah, no. No? They both yeah. feature the song Smile by Charlie Chaplin. And the original, oh. it's, a, it's on the soundtrack to the original, and it is uh, sung, by, sung by DMX. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in these are some really involved, uh, involved things. Good, like they're, yeah. not, they're not glancing. You, you did yeah. warn us you did yeah. hard ones. Yeah, so, yeah. Keith said his, his were going to be the I'm hardest. S- I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> they're, also fat, they're also very interesting. Yeah. So. We're doing okay for time. We weren't sure whether we were going to be. Um, so at this point, we're going to get you guys involved. We, we, at the top of the show, we were going to ask everybody to turn the sound off on their phones, but not turn their phones off. Um, but now if you have your phones, we, and uh, if you know what the Twitters are, we're going to invite you to send us uh, suggestions uh, to movies. Um, they have to be, are we going to hold them to the 20 years apart thing? Nah. nah okay, this fine. This already a big come. ask. <laughs> <laughs> Two movies uh, that are connected in some way. Uh, you need to send us the connections because we can't read your mind. We might be sitting here on our phones going, oh, yeah, there are like three things in common. Or we may, might just be desperately No, guessing. I don't think they need to send us a connection because they can just say it since they're in the audience. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, at Next Picture Pod, if you want to send us two movies right now, we're going to do another couple of rounds of this. Um, and then if we get any suggestions from you guys, we're going to do them. And if we don't, we're going to stare awkwardly at you for the last five minutes of the show. Now, granted, we can't see you very well, so we can't make eye contact. But trust me, it'll be super awkward. We'll just uh, stare into the lights until our eyes water and you'll feel bad. It'll be so your fault. All right. Uh, where did we leave off in the order? Uh, I believe it's I'm you. up? Yeah. Okay. Um, Strangers on a Train and Carol. They're both adapted by, uh, from Patricia Highsmith uh, stories. Thank you, Keith. Uh, Keith gets the point. Well done. All right. Um, oh, let's see. All right. I'm going to give you my hardest one. And this actually has sort of it's a double connection. So if you get them both, you're extra special. Uh, Metropolitan and Love and Friendship. Well, there's the obvious well, one. With Stillman directed yeah. them both. Uh. Yeah, that is the obvious one. Yeah. I was thinking of Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what Stillman didn't direct. Oh. I think, I think you can get the point. But they also both have a uh, well. Obviously, uh, Love and Friendship is an Austin uh, Jane Austen mm-hmm. adaptation, but uh, Metropolitan has some Austenian uh, homage in it oh, too. There, okay. is, there's the the scene about the them talking about uh, some Mansfield Park. I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and it's you know so, kind of there's Austin so, chatter so, in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a little Austin. I was, I was, I was, I, 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 t- that was right there for me. Yeah. I, I had it right there. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I knew you did. I was yeah. just like saying yeah. it for you because I could Thank tell you. you couldn't quite get it out. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> so much so much nurturing goes on oh, yeah. behind oh, the scenes of this so podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Scott. Okay. Um, uh, Les Miserables. And the umbrellas of Cherbourg. Yeah. They're both musicals. No, that no, is something well, more specific true, than that. No. I, I didn't think it could be that easy, but they're both. Oh, they're both French stories. <laughs> no. Oh, that was mine. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna go on with the obvious ones. That's it. Yeah, I don't got it. Both movies uh, where all the dialogue is sung. Oh, oh 
nice. Oh, Very cool. Sing through musicals. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a little unfair because there's so many versions of Les Mis on the for cinema, oh. and some of them are not oh, sung through. Like non-musicals yeah. like that. Well, bore, what's that? What's that? Uh, I think the last version just erased all. Of them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a definitive. It's such a classic. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those close-ups and God, that was torture. I, I'm, I'm this close to, to to starting to sing the the. I, you you go you go quickly. Oh, me? All right, all right. This is oh, this is so easy. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia and Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way your mind works, Keith. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh. Do, do they know? Do, do maybe Any, anyone? It's another bit of trivia that was floating around for a long time. Uh, okay. Connecting those two films. Thank you, Tasha. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. tough. Uh, they they both have sadomasochistic sex. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I, they're both <laughs> well, I mean, they do. Well, yeah, that's true. All right, so you got half a point. Uh, no, uh, um, both Mark that down. I want my half this point. Is, this, you're going to be. You might a new show, but they're both edited by Ann Coates. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, but I mean, I mean so no, but I mean. I mean, you hear I that? Mean, you hear that boo? That is also no, my boo. All right, but <laughs> I'm uh, taking that boo for myself. I think when a, when a, a sixty yeah. a, 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 a editor with a sixty year career that spans uh, 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 it's, it's, you know it's it spans Lawrence of Arabia to uh, David, you know David Lean to um, whatever whoever directed Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. Uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese. Ka- is that Catherine Hardwick? Yeah, Catherine Hardwick. No, no, she was no, Twilight. No, no, that's Twilight. Was it, it was uh, another. Uh, lady, oh my god, lady we're not going to get there. No, okay, all right. Well, I, I I have to tell you the 20 year rule, which Genevieve instituted like literally an hour before we all we all got here, uh, threw me on so many things that I, like I came this close to doing so many things. Like, oh, it's only 18 years, but oh well. All right, let's try this one. Um, all about Eve and Titanic. I'll give you a hint. It's a record that the two of them are tied for. Oh. I was going to say they both have a big staircase. <laughs> <laughs> not into staircase trivia. I want to uh, say CGI effects, but I don't think there are that many at all about it. Either. <laughs> um, I think this is. I feel like this is Oscar trivia, but I'm not sure uh, mm. what what mm. is the connection there. Keep um, talking. Keep saying certainly words. Certainly not screenplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't have to do. I'll give you a further hint. It doesn't have to do with specific awards that they won. Yeah. No. They. Oh. oh mm-hmm. They were both nominated. Like they both. Broke records for the number of nominations. That is it exactly. Oh, okay. They both got fourteen Oscar nominations, and they are they are the two tied. <laughs> In terms of wins, uh, there were three, so I didn't feel like that counted. Um, there are three films that have won eleven Oscars, but only two that have been nominated for fourteen, and that's mine, Genevieve. Oh man! All right, um, Howard Hawks. Is, oh, I guess I don't need to say the director. Uh, His Girl Friday and the Front Page. It's the same source material. Yeah. The play, the front page. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I told you I'd have an easy one. Okay. I was just, all, right. Um, all right. So I'm going to go here. Um, oh, yes, Scott. Okay. Brian De Palma's Obsession and Christian Petzold's Phoenix. <laughs> I think they both, they both involve plastic surgery. Close. We're both inspired by verdict. There you go. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the same question you had. It's I know. It's, 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 my, over again. it's my variation yeah. on the same. Just uh, basically pairings inspired by Hitchcock. So, uh, I could have done five <laughs> of those. 
Okay, so we're uh, we've got well uh, one more round. Yeah, we yep. got one more round. All right, uh, I have. Are you guys sending us stuff? Because yep. we're, we're we, we, we've got a pile of them. Oh my, we have a couple. But I think whoever has the lowest amount of points should be the one to read them to the rest of the panel. Uh, Colin, how are <laughs> we doing on points? How are things looking? Keith's got four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that half was going to pay off. I also knew that I was going to come in last on this because I'm terrible at these games. Um, so I'm fine with that. All right. So uh, one, more, one more round. You could come back. I, I could come back, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm up. Uh, the Shop Around the Corner and Die Hard. Genevieve? Christmas movies. They both take place at Christmas, even though they're not really Christmas movies. Yep. You're oh, up. Me. Yep. Um, Kill Bill Volume 1 and Lady Snowblood. Uh, they both feature katana-wielding women. Yeah. They'll take it, yeah. Tar- Tarantino cites Lady Snowblood as a uh, direct influence. Sure. On, so. But the katana-wielding women was a big part, I think, of the influence. So I'll give it to you. Fair I enough. Wa- I could watch that tonight if someone had, didn't still have that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, wa- I'll get around to watching it, man. <laughs> Wait, Kill Bill or Lady Snowblood? Well, I have, la- I have Lady Snowblood. I'm borrowing Lady Snowblood from him. There's so much movie borrowing that goes on at these tables. Yeah, and the movies, they never come back. They really don't. (laughs) I think I've had your copy of of Sunrise, A Story of Two Humans, for ten years now. I I need, yes, more hissing. I need (laughs) booing. I need to be shamed into watching this film. Hmm. Scott? Uh, Okay. um, It happened one night in The Silence of the Lambs. Um, Both inspired by Ed Gain? That's it only two to... to wait, no, it's the most number of Oscar wins? No. No? All right, mm. never mind then. Mm. Oh, Keith loses the point. Yeah. It's got Tobias' roll. It's close. Sorry, what were it, the movies again? It happened one night in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. It's an Oscar setting. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, it's an Oscar question? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so bad at Oscar trivia. All right. well, they they, they yeah. won. Uh, they both uh, won all five major categories. Uh, so did one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess it doesn't <laughs> have to be. Not not the, they weren't the only <laughs> ones. Right. Yeah. This is something we saw over and over at the Dissolve podcast, though. When, when Keith get, when gets one wrong, he always comes back in with like, but I here's like eight one. more points of trivia <laughs> that I can give you. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. true. This one. All right. It was me. It was, you're going to be mad at me. It's so dumb. Uh, all right. So the grim. Um, Paul Verhoeven medieval film Flesh Plus Blood and The Simpsons movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, Anne V. Coates, did she yeah, have anything to do with the yeah. editing? No. Um, it's it's so weird when I've only seen one of the movies because I'm just like going through and thinking. Flesh Plus Blood. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. You, know, you know me. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm like, does it feature a giant dome? Yeah. Does I'm going to say Rutger Howard has something to do with no. both of them. All right. But you're on the right track. Mm. No one's going to get it. <laughs> Nancy Cartwright's in Flesh Plus Blood. It's like one of her few like live action roles, you know. So mm. I think she gets killed. Wah, wah. Okay. Everyone gets Everyone killed gets or, dies, or dies. Or dies. Genevieve kicks this kick this off. So I've got the last question. <laughs> I'm really curious whether you're going to get this one. Uh, Iron Giant and Bambi. love this face. <laughs> I love it too. Mm. Um, this is what you get for coming live is you get to watch this process. <laughs> yeah. You can I've, do I've it, already, Genevieve. I've I have faith g- in I've you. I've already given up and I'm just looking at Genevieve. There's no dead mom in Iron Giant. 
Oh, there's a, there's a dead something. Mm-hmm. There's a dead something. <laughs> well, technically, what is it? What's the something? If it's not a mom, what is it's it? What are mom and dads? What are they called collectively? What, a parents. There's dead parents. What, no. What, what is what is Bambi's mother? A deer? A cute animated deer? Do you remember the scene in The Iron Giant where the cute animated deer is shot uh, in the clearing oh. and it's a huge turning point for the story? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on YouTube. So if, you, if you're feeling that you haven't cried enough lately. Oh, yeah. I definitely need some extra crying. <laughs> exactly. You, you can go watch that again. Hmm? I, I, thought, I thought that one was for you, Genevieve. No. Oh, well. All right. Uh, let's, uh, Colin, what's, what, are, what are our totals heading into the audience participation section? <laughs> Scott Tobias will bite Scott more than anybody else. I'm loving that oh, half. So now Scott's lowest. Yeah. Oh, so, no. So, Scott, you, you get to be the quiz master. Rutger oh, can Howard. I throw that half back? What the hell? You want to be the quiz master, don't you? I just, I just want out of this thing All where right, I don't know any here, of the damn trivia. Okay. <laughs> let's see what we have. Oh, let, let, our first one is from one Colin Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Griffith uh, says, the tall T and be cool. Both written by Elmore Leonard. Yep. <laughs> All right. Apparently you got a point. Uh, we got somebody from uh, Man is Matter. Uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet and The World is Not Enough. I'm looking at Keith for this one. Is that Romeo plus Juliet? It is. It is. He's got <laughs> the plus right here, and okay. I can read it that way. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet and The World is Not Enough. I don't know my bonds well enough. They don't, that one doesn't really separate itself from... Uh, the Pierce Brosnan's all kind of blur together. Yeah. All right, I don't think we're getting it. Who who sent us this one? What's the story? Uh, garbage trains are made of pizza. Oh, oh, neat! Oh. Nice one. We like that. <laughs> Some garbage trivia. Mm, garbage trivia. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, you, you ask the audience, so they give you garbage trivia. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Carol and Brief Encounter. Oh. We were going to pair them. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I haven't seen Brief Encounter, but I know that we were pl- that we suggested doing this. Yeah, so I'm looking mm-hmm. at you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of open the same. Uh, well, it was. Uh, I mean, there's the <laughs> um, there's the sequence in the the significant sequence in the train station right. um, with the the couple. I don't know if it's a couple having to say goodbye in the train station or meeting in the train station because I don't remember Carol as well as I should have. Who's no? I'm, I'm oh, all right. right. Who you wanna you wanna enlighten us? What? Train yeah. The train. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Eh, you know. we, had, we had we had talked about doing those two, uh, but it was you know this, there was there was a December. There was a lot of stuff out. I think we ended up going with the Force Awakens instead, <laughs> which is pretty much the same. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this one uh, from friend of the podcast Oliver Sava, uh, Ponyo and Young Frankenstein. I think I know what this one is, but I'm, I'm curious. Buzz in. Come on, commit to it. Uh, does it have anything to do with a, like a mad scientist father? Mm-hmm. No. Oh. Oh. A voice. Like an American dub version or something? It is. It's uh, close to the 
You're right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Empire Records and Lord of the Rings. By the way, the audience is skunking us. We were going to call this segment uh, Stump the Panel, but we figured you'd win. Just, just Liv Tyler being in both of them? Is that is that it? No? Yeah? Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler. Yep. Right. Liv Tyler. The Liv Tyler, much... Uh, much not reputed uh, Liv Tyler connection. Range, range Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's going to be interesting. Nocturnal Animals and the Never Ending Story. <laughs> oh, I, I can get it. Uh-huh. It, it's it's uh, um, the framing device of uh, something of, being read. Yeah, of a, of a novel yeah. being read and the story playing out. That right? makes that yeah. makes a lot of sense, but that's yeah. a really good one. Thank you for that. Uh, we st- might end up doing They're both, that one. You know, great, great for families, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're both family films. How many people have seen Nocturnal Animals at this point? <laughs> my, my daughter, I was reading movie posters to her, and I said, this one's called Nocturnal Animals. She's like, well, I want to see that when I'm older. I, th- I think she thinks it's about bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spiders. How are we doing for time, Genevieve? Uh, I've got your, your phone in yeah. my hand right now. Um, but the actual counter isn't showing up. I can just see what time it is. We're good. Okay. I think we can do one more, right? Okay, sure. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Mad Max Fury Road. I'm just I'm I'm picturing characters in both of them doing yeah. this. I mean, mm. oh. mm-hmm. someone falls to their knees and yells at the sky. <laughs> what did I just say? I, I made the gesture. If there's a point there, I should get the point. You guys have any guesses? Mm-mm, no, but they're both really good. Yeah. yeah. The best movies in their series. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Oh, political. I like it. Dangerous <laughs> living. Okay. Khan was the proto Trump, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for what we've got. I'd kind of like Khan to be president. (laughs) And we're we're Uh, pretty good on time. So, uh, Colin, uh, as if we didn't already know, (laughs) who won, but how well did they win? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. It felt like more. It felt like you beat us by a lot more. It always feels like more. But, uh, I mean, obviously we couldn't do this podcast without people who know film really well off the cuff, as well as people who... I know the director of Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean... I'm sorry, Fifty Shades of What? I'm not familiar with that phenomenon. <laughs> the rest of us are really good Googlers. Yeah, so. pretty much. And uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's the obsessive research uh, table here, and the uh, we can do it off the, the top of our heads because we know all of these things, the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then and there's Scott. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the awkward shrug table, which we all sit at together. Um, All right. Well, that's pretty much what we've got for you. Uh, We are all so glad that you made it out to this live taping of the next picture show. Um, The actual podcast, if if there's anybody in the room who hasn't hasn't listened to it, is nothing like this, except that it's also about finding connections between new movies that we love and old movies that excite us in some way. Um, If you want to see what we do when we have a little more leisure and a little more time to dig into the films, you can find us at all the usual venues, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, uh, whatever whatever it is that you use. Um, you can visit our RSS feed. You can find us on Twitter at Next Picture Pod, um, on Facebook at facebook.com slash nextpictureshow at nextpictureshow.net. Um, for Next Picture Show, I'm Tasha Robinson. Genevieve Kosky. Scott Tobias. Keith Phillips. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you guys for sitting down front and making some noise. <laughs>
conversation about film. Yeah, keep it going for the next picture show. Awesome.